what are we trying to accomplish at what point in time in the season? Are we in recovery? Are we in gearing up towards the season? Are we going on a foreign tour? Are we, you know, in the middle of conference season? What can we do to best keep this team as healthy as possible? Today on the Rising Coaches Podcast, we get the leisure of speaking with someone holding 25 plus years of experience as an athletic trainer, Mike Mulcahy. Mike is the current athletic trainer with the Dayton University Flyers men's basketball team for his ninth season. We are excited to speak with Mike today to help coaches be able to learn more about how to best help their players get the most out of their bodies while also actively recovering and rehabbing. Please welcome Mike Mulcahy. Video analysis is expensive and I'm sure your budget isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels from D1, D2, D3, all the way to high school. Their Angles product is similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of their D1 teams and conferences, such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, A-10, or even the NBC, just to name a few, have made the postseason. All this while saving thousands and thousands of dollars a year compared to their old companies. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to save more money? All you have to do is reach out to at Fulcrum Tech on Twitter or reach out to their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com via email and be sure to mention if you are a Rising Coaches member or the Rising Coaches podcast. Do more, spend less with Fulcrum Tech. Welcome to another episode of the Rising Coaches Podcast. Again, we got Doug Caputo and Alan Major here. And our special guest today is more on a unique side as he is not a specific coach, but is is still on the bench with the Dayton Flyers men's basketball team. Uh, we have the current assistant athletic trainer, Mike Mulcahy. Mike, what's going on? How you guys doing? Good, Mike. Good to see you, brother. It's been a minute. It's been, oh, it has been a minute. Maybe in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> right. no doubt man great to see you brother thank you, you for as doing well this. you as well thank you thank you so to give you an idea um kind of what we're going to talk about so we'll, we'll go into just a little bit of, of your background real quick just so everybody kind of knows who they're speaking with or who they're listening to i should say um but then we'll talk about like one as we mentioned before we hopped on was being able to maintain a healthy team um, being able to keep people's bodies, you know, the best way that coaches can help keep players, their athletes' bodies in shape um, and just other and some tendencies that maybe you or some advice that you potentially give your guys. Um, but off of that, kind of talking about your journey and background real quick. So some people listening know a little bit about you, uh, or I should say if they want to know a little bit about you, you've been in this for 25 years and you're a certified trainer. Maybe you've lost, <laughs> might have lost track about, about at that point, but um, <laughs> you're in your 25th year. And with all the, I, I believe, did it say you did the, some of the travel coordination as well, correct? I did. I did. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I, a little bit jack of all trades, master of none, and just whatever it takes to get the job done. So. Yeah, and he's a rapper on the side. You know? <laughs> no, I'm not dropping any bars, trust yeah, me. No, no, you, you did. Don't deny it. You got more where that came from. We know it. So, 
Well, what were some of the things you had to do for the travel coordination side of things? So it was actually um, the opportunity presented itself. I had been doing sports medicine, I mean, um, the majority of my career. And then we had a coaching change here. And I was with the coaching change, new staff came in and Coach Grant asked me, he said, well, how do you feel about doing travel? And my very first initial thought was, well, coach, I'd like to play every game at home, but I, I think we're going to have to go on the road. So, so <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was a challenge. I mean, I learned a lot early on being um, older and really emphasis on my emphasis was more on the, the physical health of, of the players. But I coordinated, you know, flights, uh, hotels, I had a, a ton of help from a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the challenge is coming out, knowing a what the budget is, knowing what the um, schedule looks like, knowing what coaching preferences are. And there's a lot of nuances to it that I think get overlooked in understanding what those challenges look like. You know, a, a player may have a class or an exam. Um, I so I learned a lot. I did. You know, meals on the road. Our strength coach was phenomenal. He did the the, the um, meals. Um, I handled more logistics with planes and buses and, you know, gym, you know, shoot around times, that kind of thing. You know, it's funny, Mike, like I always looked at, at, at trainers as a coach with a different title. That was always, you know, yeah. obviously you probably know Vince O'Brien, you know, he was with us at Ohio Legend. State. And yeah. Oh, yeah. And just so the role that you guys have is so to me, I think Joe Fan has no idea how much the players rely on you guys. And I'm going past just ankles getting taped and rehab and things like that. Like you guys are literally a coach in a different with just with a different title. Because talk about the relationships that you build and just that what that's the scope of that looks like because that's a big deal. It it's everything. I mean, that's the reason that, that for me, staying in in this and being uh, the level of success, how do I measure that? Are the relationships with the people? Um, you know, basketball brings everybody together, but what are these guys doing when they're five years removed, when they're 10 years removed, when they're 20 years removed? And the older I get, the, it's cool to see them yeah. get married, start families. Yeah, watch them grow up, man. No, yeah. it's the best. It's, it's, the, the, best. it's the absolute, and to me, that's the relationship. You're in a position as an athletic trainer, they're vulnerable when they're with you because they didn't, you know, usually there's an injury or an illness or some reason. Um, and you really build the trust and relationship with not just the players, but with their families and understanding that yes, basketball is important. You know, a thousand percent is why we're all here, but it's so much bigger. The, the game brings people together and it is about them and who they are as, as individuals, as brothers, as, as sons, as friends. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, for sure. No. And you, you're actually the bridge between, knowing and not know, you know, not knowing and knowing, right? Because a lot of times when they come to you, there's this uneasiness or this fear or like what's going on. Yeah. And so you have to kind of fill that gap with information, both with the kid, their family, you know, time frame, recovery, rehab, like all that. So like all the all the blanks that need to be filled in with with them, like that's that's so important. But again like you said the time spent along the way like 10 percent of the conversations are about the injury or the all that stuff the other 90 percent become you just getting to know them yeah and just the, the people part you know and just like hey you know how's that crazy girlfriend doing she's still stalking you or you know what's going on like <laughs> exactly. so, you know sorry ladies out there listening if you ever stalked anybody but you know stranger um, danger 
<laughs> yeah, right, right. So I, I just think it, it's 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 solid gold, man. What you what you uh, what you do. So I just wish that you know, like I said, Joe Fan and the fifteenth row eating nachos, you know, understood like the how valuable you are. Well, I appreciate it. It's a blessing. I mean, honestly, it's a blessing to be in this position. You don't want to see me draw up a play and do X's and O's because we don't do <laughs> I would say take the orange ball, put it through the orange hoop more times than the other team. And we're right. Yep. Right. And know which That's end we're shooting on. Plan. Yeah. Know which end we're shooting on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly no right. Doubt. It's 94 feet and 10-foot rims. Yes. No question. No doubt. And the thing that's behind the scenes is the trainers are usually the one that get the most gossip too. Um, because you know, because everybody before pre or post practice, they're sitting in there, they got the heat, they got ice, they got all that. And then like just the other day, my trainer was over here telling me, Oh yeah, this coach doesn't like this or the, this player doesn't like this coach. This player doesn't like this coach and all about all the gossip. Cause they hear about all the little drama going on. Cause every, you know, they just talk it all out in the, uh, in the training room. It's like the kitchen of the house. Sometimes you have to, you have to squelch it a little bit. But um, you yeah, 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 right. You're one ear and out the other, you know. Right, right, right. Everybody <laughs> gathered around the island in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, but before you were at Dayton, you were with Xavier University, mm -hmm. uh, and you were also with their men's team. I know that's where you two were connected. Um, what are some things that, I guess, really at all your stops? But what were some things that you preached to the guys, like some top things? to just help them stay healthy throughout the season? What are some big things that maybe you you really preached on? It's uh, it's preventative. Uh, more than anything, I go back and look at when I started. It, we didn't have four months where we weren't able to touch these guys. You know, and those four months then gradually became two months, and it gets it, kept dwindling and dwindling, and more is not always better. Just being very strategic about what you're doing, how you set up your training, um, periodization. I've been blessed with a, a lot of great coaches who listen and understand. Yeah, and I'm in a role too where I don't always tell coaches what they want to hear, but you know, I, I I have the freedom to speak my mind, which I'm very grateful. So, and to answer the question is saying, you know, with the coaches, what are we trying to accomplish at what point in time in the season? Are we in recovery? Are we in gearing up towards the season? Are we going on a foreign tour? Are we, you know, in the middle of conference season? What can we do to best keep this team as healthy as possible? And to my point earlier where I, I joke, but I say it, I really do want to be the Maytag repairman because then everybody's happy, everybody's playing. Literally focused in and dialing in. When we're doing simple stuff. We're stretching, just simple stretching. Get something out of it. Don't just go through the motions. You know, when you're going through a lift, take the time and make sure your technique is right and make sure before you start loading the body and you create an injury. Simple things like scanning somebody's feet, putting them in orthotics, you know, balancing out their their back, their hips. I work hand in hand day in and day out with our strength coach. And I talk to him more in a season. The running joke is I talk to him more than I talk to my wife. Um, <laughs> right. But it's it's so important in realizing that because Casey, what he does and how he sees them versus what I do and how I see them versus how Coach Grant sees them on the floor. That's got to there has to be some um, symmetry to that. So Casey and I are, are on the same page and he'll say, hey, this kid, you know, he's got his knees bothering him or this kid's got, you know, he couldn't bench today because whatever issue he may have. That dialogue and having that dialogue and knowing that we can jump on something early is, an, is helps basically keep them on the court um, or it helps make them more available than what they would be otherwise. Because sometimes, you know, how guys are, they want to hide stuff. They don't want to. Uh -huh. They don't want to say something because, hey, I may not play or Mike might hold me out. You know, exactly. So, exactly. Communication is yeah. key. 
for sure. And then we'll say like a day in the office. Um, okay, so I know you just got in the office now, but like you get into the office um, before practice happens. Um, what are some like big things that a player can do to basically help best prep themselves for practice? A lot of preventative. So we'll do the typical, everybody likes heat. Everybody likes to lay on a table. Everybody likes to get stretched instead of stretching themselves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, it's like, lay, lay here and fix me, you know? Right, right, yep. right, right. right. Um, if that was the case, I'd say, you know, unzip your body part off, leave it here, pick it up tomorrow like a car, but... <laughs> Um, but the exercises, muscle activation and getting in there and doing, whether it be a straight leg raise or whether it be internal external rotation of the shoulder or wrist exercises or somebody's got a bum thumb, you know, doing um, hand putty stuff, doing those little things on a day in and day out basis, those investments and those repetitions pay off. I, as I tell the kids, if you do all the little things on the front end, it's like putting a nickel in a, in a, a jar. And when you go out and shoot a free throw, you spend a dollar. So of you know, so it's a cumulative effect that you can you can build your um, ability to be your best ability is your availability, and that's what you want to do. That's the whole idea. No, I I'm so happy you said that. I actually like I'm not kidding. Just the other day, one of my players told me he goes, I was like, I want everybody stretching at the same exact time. I don't want anybody out there doing their own thing. I want everybody doing it as a team because we're a team. The kid the kid goes, but coach, the, the stretches don't do anything for me. I'm like. Probably because you're not doing them right or you're not doing them properly. But, like, there, there's no way stretches don't do anything for you. It's investment, right? I mean, you're, to the point where you talked about earlier, education. It's all it's perpetual education. As soon as you think you break through, man, you got to start back over and get the coloring books out and start growing, pen, you know, again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's important for them to understand their bodies. And every year you get a new crop of, uh, of kids, you know, that come in and hmm. – um, they may come from different places. They may have different experiences, but I think it's my job and our strength coach job is to educate them on why we're telling them to do what they do. That's yeah, yeah you're, you're right. And one of my bigger pet peeves is when guys just lay there and it's kind of, you know, it's the end of practice and they're, they're looking up the, like how much longer, how much longer. I'm like, no, you got to band man, stretch those hamstrings. So when you get to be old like me, you're going to regret not. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the underlying thing about what I love, you know, what you're saying, both with, with you and the strength coach is, and I don't know, guys don't see this and usually until after they leave college and if they get another opportunity to, to keep playing, what you're talking about is building professionalism, you know, just having a professionalism with your approach, you know, like. Doug always, you know, teases me with my analogies, but <laughs> these guys don't understand, like, especially now with NIL and all that, like the financial mm -hmm. piece involved, every guy's a two-legged small business. You're literally a two-legged small business. So how yeah. you tend to the books, how you tend to the, you know, the, <laughs> the daily, it's like all that stuff you know that you would do to run a business down to the smallest detail keeping the floor swept whatever it is yeah. you got to do that with your body amen because that's a you know you you're talking about getting maybe three four years on the back end of your career if you keep playing i mean like so that's a huge deal um and again when guys are young they don't see that you probably hear it a lot when guys come back and they spend it. they spend time with you after coming back they've been overseas and they say mm. man like, wow, like, yo, man, like, I, I see what you're saying now about taking care of my body. It's a big deal. Habits matter. 
I mean, yeah. like, that's the biggest thing right there is it, the basketball is a game of habits and you rely on your habits. For sure. If you got bad habits, those habits matter too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whether it be sleeping or nutrition or whatever it is, every NBA team that, that reaches out and talks to, to, to you know any of us here, specifically to the athletic trainers, the common question is if somebody doesn't make it in the league or wherever it is, what's going to be the reason why? And you want to be able to sit there and say, you know, I can't really think of one because they're locked in day in and day out. They do the, nobody's perfect I mean, in understanding that. They're locked in about the right stuff and they understand the value of their body and what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to fire us. We're going to get this through a seven or eight figure check. Like what yeah. can we live? What can we live with every day? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to figure out what they can live with. So, and if that live with is too much, then they're going to move on to the next guy. I mean, there's always another dude waiting out of the 440 at that level. So but I'm glad you brought, I'm glad you brought nutrition up. Cause I think Doug, you were going to touch mm. on that. I, I was, I was, and that was actually, um, I wanted to I, I ask one thing before we got off the stretching, because this is basically just, you, you said it already, but I just kind of want to dig a little deeper into it. Like how much does stretching help now, but more or less, how much does it help in the long haul for people's bodies? If you do it consistently, it really can make a difference. Um, when I say consistently, I'm not saying you have to you know, spend an hour a day stretching, but if you're locked in and you actually do it and the best time to stretch is at the end of practice, worst time to stretch is the beginning when you're cold. Um, you know, you're just kind of getting moving and they get the body, you know, blood flowing. But at the end of practice, if you lock in a stretch, you actually can, I, I firmly believe you can reduce the likelihood of injury over the long haul. I, I think it's a cumulative effect as well. One of my favorite stretches is just a simple Achilles stretch. But the problem is most of the time when you see people stretch their Achilles, they'll go get on that slant board and they'll stand there for three minutes and they'll get off and they'll go on with their day. But you got to stand there for 10 minutes. I, I love foot and ankle surgeon years ago uh, when I was actually when I was a Xavier, uh, Jim Amos told me, and it's true to this day, I guys got to get on there. You got to stand there and hold it for 10 minutes straight, both feet. And guys are on their phone. They got TVs. They get all these distra other distractions. Ten minutes really is nothing to them. So before they come and get taped, go get on the heel core board, stretch for 10 minutes, and then come over here and get ready for practice. So I think you can reduce. You're, you're not going to completely eliminate, but I do think you can reduce the likelihood of injury. And over the long haul, I think you can create longevity for yourself. I mean, think about LeBron. LeBron spends eight hours a day. They just talked about it when the, the Pacers-Lakers game in Vegas. Eight hours a day on his body. Now, by NBA standards, he's old. But how does he sustain it? Because he invests in his body day in and day out. No, I've noticed a big difference, Mike. I mean, I, I've kind of got a routine between stretching three days a week and then yoga, you know, two days a week. And it's hot yoga. So it's which is basically in a way stretching on steroids. Oh, yeah. You know, once you're in there and, you know, you get in some of these poses, it's like, holy cow. But like <laughs> the difference I've noticed in just the past few years, man, it's it's like night and day, like. You know, completely. I, I swing out of bed, feel great. Like, you know, as opposed to like that first standing up and it sounds like a meal bowl of Rice Krispies or something, you know, when you're trying <laughs> like to stand up. Trying to get moving without the WD-40. <laughs> right, exactly right. So, but no, it's it just, and, and I, you know, I turned 55 in June, so. Jeez, um, Pete, are you yeah. serious, same age? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on for a second. 
So, you don't look a day over 35, brother. Come on, man. You've been getting those checks uh, mailed to you to save just that <laughs> very thing for this pod. He's been getting but, them, though. Yeah, right. He's been getting them. And they're going to get cashed after that comment. But uh, but no, it's it's just been a night and day. So I know if it makes that difference for me, I mean, for guys that have the, you know, 18 to 22 and bodies able to jump up and recover, you know, in 24 hours, um, the value of it is big, but I think the professionalism thing is a huge deal to yeah. put behind that, right? Like you're really, you're, you're invested in yourself for the long haul and you want to max yourself out. Like this is part of it. Yeah. And it's, it's repeated year in and year out. You see it and you know, kids like, no, I feel good. Why do I need to do this? And you're trying to explain and understand they usually figure it out somewhere between four to five years after they leave and they start to get, you know, closer to the late in their late twenties. And they are like, yeah, right you were right and it's like learn the lesson now one of the things i really like doing is bringing the the older guys who've graduated and gone on to play whether it be in the league or whether it be in your wherever to play professionally come back and say hey you actually listen like li what they're telling you is a thousand percent true this has been my experience just that mentorship it, it really validates what you tell them absolutely yeah I'll be the first one to say I was always like, ah, I don't need to stretch too much. You know, I always kind of I stretch a little bit before a game, go out, play. And now, I mean, I'm only 28 years old, so I'm not even necessarily old at all, but I'm on the taller side. Um, and it's just like especially my my trainer would always tell me my back. Like I would always have lower back problems, which would then go to my, you know, my uh, it, it would just go down my body, my hamstrings, my groin and then all of that. And it would just kind of trickle through. And I'm like, why do I have all these injuries? Because they're all connected because you don't stretch as much. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way. I don't believe any of that. Now I'm sitting here stretching every day, and I'm like, okay, I completely believe everything he's saying. I apologize to him, too. Last time I saw him, I'm like, I'm so sorry. You were 100% right. So kind of going back to now, like, nutrition, I wanted to make sure to, of course, cover on that um, before we got too far off of it. But nutrition, so how much does that play a pivotal role in a day-to-day -day performance? It's huge. Um, and the cliche or the whatever you want to call it is, you know, you can't put – garbage into a, a, a Porsche and, mm -hmm. and as far as fuel and have that thing perform at a high octane level. It's not just what you eat, but it's when you eat and it is um, how much you eat. And it is, that's not saying you can't, kids are kids, right? Especially this in this age group of college, 18 to 22 year old kids. But, you know, we feed everybody. Our pregame meals are always four hours prior to. Um, and that there's a reason for that from a metabolism standpoint. I don't want somebody eating, you know, hot dogs two hours before we go take the court um, because then you got upset stomachs, you got, it's just, it's not good. So, and then what you eat too, as far as the right amount of protein, the right amount of carbs and how you load and set that up um, with, with, in regards to the team and the meals, um, you, we don't really necessarily have individual diets per se. I mean, some guys are more, you know, sour stomach or they like this or they like that. But if you look at it from a, a holistic standpoint, you got 16 guys you're trying to feed. I mean, it's a large roster. And how do you set that up to where you're going to be able to fuel them for the day at breakfast? You know, we, we feed them training tables and breakfast. We have um, usually there's something for them before they come to the athletic training room. We have a kitchen upstairs. There's a, a, a quick sandwich, whether it be a lunch meat sandwich, turkey sandwich, something along that, those lines. 
Trusty PB&Js. Got a trusty oh, PB&J. They're, they're everywhere. They're yeah. PB&Js. If you're ever in Dayton, Ohio, and you want a PB&J, all you have to do is practice. They are everywhere. They're refrigerators. They're in. No you want to open a drawer in the training room and find a PB&J. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, to that point, it's like, you know, these guys, their metabolism is so quick and so fast. It's like the strategy of making sure that they're eating multiple times throughout the day and when they're eating, you know, they're going to class, you know, um, and then they're running into the, to the training room. They're going to the weight room. They may have a tutor session. They may have a, a film session with coach. So we occupy so much of their day um, that having the food around and what we have available for them is, is critical for their success and their performance. If they're, I'm going to, here's my tangent. If they don't feel good, right? So they're physically don't feel good. If they don't have, if they're not, the clothing, they're not clothed or they don't have, you know, something comfortable or whatever, they don't have a roof over their head. Their bellies aren't full. You have, you've, you've lost them. Meaning like those are, are, are non-negotiables for any human being, but then we're asking these guys to lock in for two hours to practice. And, you know, you're, you're, we're going to film for an hour and we're going to think that if somebody's stomach's growling, they're going to pay attention to what's going on. It's not happening. So the resources are yeah. there. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's sort of my, my tangent. No, but that's that's when somebody, you know, we were talking about this with, you know, a guest on a couple of days ago, Conzo Martin. And, um, you know, he, he mentioned like someone is handing you their child. Mm-hmm. And especially to moms, that that. Uh, an 18 year old is still, you know, to go Christmas mode here, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Yeah. Right. Like they, a mom will always, I don't care. A guy turns 40 and the mom looks at him and she still sees that baby in her arms. It's just what it is. Yeah. So when they make that commitment, not just verbally, you know, national letter of intent commitment, but then the physical dropping them off and saying, here you guys go. Like you, you owe it to them to, to do everything you can to, to maximize this, this person, you know, whatever it is. So, and what you're saying is a big part of it. You're literally failing them if, yeah. if, you, if you don't, you know. It's, it's simple. When kids come on recruiting trips, I mean, obviously I'm not a coach, but I, I give my spiel and, you know, tell them. And it's the same thing, whether, you know, when they come to, to here or to, to go on a recruiting trip, it's like, okay, we have the ability to, if you have a cold, we will take care of you. If you have a sore back, we'll take care of you. If you have, if you need an ologist, I call me ologist. I mean, we have all the, the care in the world because it goes back to earlier, they're human beings, right? They're sons, they're brothers, they're, they're those human beings. And then in society, if you, you know, you can very easily say that they get put on a pedestal because they're on TV, you know, they're playing in ESPN, they're going to these multiple MTE events and they're traveling all over the place. But at the end of the day, I really mean this. They are little kids. They are. They're just hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And then on top of that, we'll, we'll stay kind of with the intake side of things. So like water, I know this is, and I'm, I'm asking, like, I know these are just very basic questions, but it's just like, I feel like some, at least kids, but maybe coaches don't necessarily, they, they, they don't think of these nest as much as they should. How much is good hydration, or I should say, how much of an intake would you say per day, as well as how much do you believe in good hydration? To me, hydration, if you don't have that, forget the stretching, forget the lifting, forget basketball, forget all right. of that. Because 
right. You're, you're completely selling yourself short. You're going to end up with issues. You might cramp. Um, it affects your attention span. To me, it's extremely crucial. How much water throughout the day? And we have big gallon jugs that we give the guys. Um, yeah. And we want them to, to drink throughout the day. We want them to drink that uh, throughout the day. And it's not to say that you have to drink 20 ounces every you know hour and a half, but you should be consuming it throughout the day. It is extremely important because if you think about what you're going to do throughout the course of a season and what you're going to require your body to do, if you don't have proper hydration, you're more susceptible. Your immune system gets the, you know attacked more easily. Um, and then, you know, I think about in game, I, one of my bigger pet pieces is when somebody cramps because it's, it's, I want to say completely avoidable, but it is something that if you really invest in doing it and doing it the right way, you should be able to minimize slash eliminate cramping. I give you like, we got pickle juice, we got mustard, we got all that stuff. And at the end of the day, the best way to attack someone who's cramping is prevention. Just prevent it from happening. No, I, I've become a big Pedialyte fan over the last <laughs> year. So I'm telling you, like, I know the commercials are just for the little kid in the middle of the night and the dad is drinking the daughter's Pedialyte, you know, because he's sick and she's like, hey, that's mine. You know, it's like, wait a minute, man. Like, I'm all about it for adults, man. Like, it's it's been a game changer for me, I know, personally, hydration wise. It's huge. I, I can't, you know, overstate that enough. And Think about back in the day, if, you know, hot football practices in July, you'd have teams out there and coaches were like, oh, we're going to build toughness. We're not going to give them water. It's the water builds yeah. softness. <laughs> that mentality yeah. is just mind boggling. Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Run the gassers, guys. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Here's some salt tablets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no question. And I, I didn't even know about the fact that you mentioned it, it loses or um, your attention span with water. I didn't even know that. So, I mean, that's honestly, that's good to know. But then on another thing, kind of off of that, like this, this question was kind of one of the one things I really wanted to cover. It covers sleep. Um, and primarily because my high school coach would always tell us, he goes, you play on the sleep that you got a day or two ago. He goes, you don't play on like the sleep that you just wake up the next morning. He says, you always play on the, the sleep that you got two days ago. And I'm thinking, I'm like, Okay, game Saturday. If I get good sleep Thursday, then, you know, I start breaking it down to a science at that point. But um, kind of on that, like, how much do you preach good sleep? And then I guess, like, how could a bad sleep pattern affect your body? So how much do I preach good sleep? I will say if you looked at the, at the text string that I have with our guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they would, you could ask any one of them the amount of times where I say, sleep, go to bed, hydrate, hygiene, all those things from a preventative standpoint. And you talk about sleep, it's now sleep hygiene, right? So you can't bank sleep. You can't say, well, I didn't get much sleep last night. I had a final exam, you know, my, my stomach was upset, whatever. So I'm going to sleep in today and I'm going to make up. For yeah, it. I'm going to, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. It doesn't work like that. So the it goes back to the game of habits. And are you going to bed at night? at a reasonable hour or, you know, these are college kids. So if I say go to bed at 1030, they're going to laugh. Um, but, you know, are you going to bed at midnight and you're getting up the next morning at seven o'clock? So you're getting seven hours of sleep. Okay. Well, you're laying down. But is your TV on? Are you on th that cell phone? Are you, you know, playing video games? You're like, no, I'm, I'm in bed. 
Well, it's not rest. That's not, you're not shutting your brain down and letting your body get into really that deep, the, the, the REM sleep. That's what's really where, where the, the money is, if you will. So the other challenges is travel. You think about it, you know, you play a game seven o'clock at night and you're on the uh, East Coast and we're getting back here and it's two o'clock in the morning. We're like, hey, go get some sleep. And by the way, you could be in class at 730. And by the way, there's breakfast and then you have weights after that. That's hard. It's a very, very challenging schedule. And it takes you know a lot for them to adjust and get used to that. So I'm reasonable from the standpoint of it's not always going to be perfect. But if you build those habits and you you're able to create, you know, that um foundation for them to understand how important sleep is then it, i think it pays off big time in the in the end um your immune system it's it's a game changer if you're not getting sleep everything your attention span's gone you're you're more likely to get sick um but they're 18 to 22 year old invincible kids yeah <laughs> right <laughs> i've got a question off of that mike because I, yeah. I i purchased this uh Ura ring i don't know if you can see it there um there it is i see you. um probably three years ago. And uh, it's been a huge deal for me because I obviously I got the app on my phone and every day I wake up and it's given me everything. It's given me a readiness score. It's given me a sleep score. Um, and so there's days I can feel like when I didn't sleep well and the score I get will reflect that, you know, tossed and turned a little bit, slept a little bit hot that night, whatever it is. Sure. How much you know, number one, do you guys use that? Any measurables at all like that? Or like the, the whoop uh, wrist, uh, you know, some programs use the whoop bracelet. Um, how do you feel about measurables in terms of, you know, uh, tracking, you know, body activity and sleep and, and, and uh, freshness, readiness, all those things? I think it's important um, to have, if you can make it objective, Get, gain objective data and use that to make objective decisions. Um, I think the, the sometimes my feeling is if you take so much data and it's so much data driven and well, we need to do this, is it really going to, you know, I'm sorry, we're, we really need to do this and emphasize you guys got to go to bed at night. Is it going to change the behavior? It goes back to the education piece. So it's a, the analysis paralysis. I can say, you know, um, whatever statistic is out there, or we take catapult or we take, the aura ring, or we take something along those lines. The data is good if you use the data productively. Me, it also can maybe muddy the waters more to where if a young man saying, "Well, my my readiness score wasn't good today, so I'm not going to have a good practice," or my oh right, score, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so it can be that whole the, the mentality has to be um, such that you're going to take this information, you're going to use it. Per, and, and be productive, um, yeah. but not have it be uh, a, a such such of a thing that it's. I don't say excuse is not the right word, but if it's um, it's it's too much information, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Now it's funny we we use this phrase with agents. You know, we talk with coaches on this this show all the time about agents that they're a tool, not a solution. And that's kind of how yeah. I've tried to use this ring. Like it's a it's it's not the be all and end all, but it's been a great tool. Because it's it giving me you. information that I didn't have access to. Yep. And so I try to, as best I can, use that to my advantage. Um, but there's days I just put it on rest mode and say, I'm not looking at you today either. So, yeah. um, so, uh, but anyway, I, I was curious about that. But, um, and I think, Doug, you were, you're going to ask about um, rest, right? Like yeah. in terms of a day off, because I think. Yep. 
This yeah. was this was like one of my final questions that kind of had off of that, off of like the sleep and everything. What is your definition of rest? So, of course, like we'll say we'll just pretend today is a Sunday and the or whatever day the guys are given off. Um, they just got done with games, long day of practices, whatever. When guys are given the day off and told to relax, what is your definition of rest? Well, there's a, <laughs> a loaded question, I know. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's, a, it's a gauge, and it's not perfect. But when we're in season, and for example, Sunday, like we're in finals week right now, right? And so there's it's chopped up to where we may be practicing earlier, maybe practicing later. We may have an extra off day just to give these guys a chance from the academic standpoint. Um, you know, the, the challenges that, that present there, they can focus on that and not have basketball be a distraction versus they may need basketball to be a distraction, you know, as well, to get kind of that balance. So in season, to answer that question, on Sundays, yep. it goes back to it's a feel thing. I do mental health days on Sundays sometimes where I tell them they don't need to come in and see me. Um, those are few and far between when we're in season, it's usually seven days a week. And the reason for that is they're not doing anything taxing. When they come and see me, they're literally laying on a table. They may do recovery boots. They may do massage. They may do stretching. I may have guys who are out. Um, I have a, a, one of our, our players right now is, is recovering from surgery and it's an extra day for him to be able to do rehab and engage from him from a mental standpoint. So it's different for everybody. Um, but Time off the court. I mean, we've had players get into trouble in the past where we say, okay, it's an off day, stay off the court. And like, well, I only, I just got some shots up. Like, well, how many shots should you get up? Well, 2,000. Okay, that's not an off day. Right? Like, my, my math's not very good, but that's not an off day. You know, and, and so everybody's built different. Everybody thinks differently about that. But on an off day, I make it a requirement for some, but not for all to come and see me. It just depends on what's going on in their body. Let their body recover. Let their mind relax. Let them step away from the game and kind of rejuvenate, refresh. Because guess what? Monday comes, we're hitting it hard again. And away we go. Mm -hmm. So it really becomes recovery because yeah. it, there's it's really hard to have true rest during the season in a way. Like like you said, like it's you know like you you know whatever that two weeks or three weeks in April you know when season ends and guys get that stretch before you start doing spring stuff. Yep, but recovery be becomes the magic word, right? Yeah, yes, sir. During the yeah. season, like just getting whatever that looks like, and like you said, that's that picture gets painted different for each guy. But that's like the buzzword, right? Recovery, recovery boots, recovery tights. You need to wear recovery socks. You need to recover, recover, recover. Yeah. And also, this is the coaching side of me where I'm like, okay, well, we have to do something to recover. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Right. So, but everybody yeah. likes to, to feel good, and that's what the recovery piece is. And it's, it is extremely important um, with the travel and the schedule. And we travel with, I mean, everybody with boots, and everybody's got a pair of tights to wear on the plane. And it's just, you're always looking for, as soon as the game's over, it's like on to the next. And, and what is that? You know, how do you prepare best for that? So that's, that's basically everything I have until we cut to, I mean, Al, do you have anything before we cut to the final segment? No, no. Let's, uh, Let's go at him, man. Let's it's game show time. Get him going. So basically, the final segment we call it three quick hitters, and then we'll round it off at the very end with a final question. Um, but the three quick hitters are basically just ways to kind of people learn a little bit about you um, as a human being, as as an individual. So number one, after a long day of work, 
What's the first thing you do when you get home? What's your debrief? Talk to my wife and kids if they're home. <laughs> if they're not, talk to yourself. Exactly right. I, mean, <laughs> I have an hour commute each way, so I'm ex- I got a lot of time by myself in the car. Okay. Um, and what's something that maybe outside of work and everything that you've always wanted to learn? Boy, that's a that's a tough question. Something outside of work I've always wanted to learn. Learn how to shoot a basketball. If you ever seen me shoot a basketball, I have no business. <laughs> No business. I played football and I played baseball. The basketball, me playing, no chance. So shooting a basketball yeah. the right way. Coach Grant, I've asked him multiple times to help me, and it's it's quiet. So it's yeah, lot. wow, <laughs> yeah, that that says a lot right there. But uh, yeah, on the question three, that's it. We got the <laughs> And then, if you had all the money in the world, unlimited money, to start your own business, what would that business be? Honestly, if I had all the money in the world and I could start a business, it would be. And this maybe sounds cliche, but I love helping kids. Like I just, I love helping kids. And what does that look like? If it's somebody who's food starved or somebody's in, in, in impoverished, if someone doesn't have clothing, whatever that is to be able to help other people. I mean, that, that's for me. Oh my gosh. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. That's a great answer. Yeah. And then the final question, I know and understand that you're not necessarily, even though you do have, you're like we mentioned, you're on the bench. Um, you are essentially a coach, but this might be a harder question for you, but like some, some advice since we are rising coaches and we try to help coaches move up in the industry, some advice that you may have to help coaches kind of be able to move forward um, and being a coach to be able to rise as a coach. And then how can they accomplish that to be able to get their foot in the door? I'm not sure if you have any advice for people. And even you could take it one step further, Mike, how can assistants and guys that follow this platform, you know, some are assistant coaches, some are GA, some are ops people, how can they best create a relationship with someone like you in your position as well? Yeah, I think that it's fundamentally be a good human being and the rest takes care of itself. Talk to the bus driver the same way you talk to the head coach. Talk to the president mm-hmm. of the university the same way you talk to the guy holding the door for you at the hotel. And there is – obviously, there's luck. There's timing. There's a lot of other things that that go into it. But um, I think just be a good human being and really the rest takes care of itself. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's, it's not about – you know, it, it, but it is. It's about everybody. And so because you're part of that, it is about you. But understanding you're part of the, of, of the whole group and – it may sound cheesy and corny, but man, as soon as you start thinking I'm all that and I'm I'm the gift and it's me and I'm humility goes a long, long, long way in understanding what that looks like for you, wherever your situation is, you know, with your staff. And, you know, we can talk about grind and work and show up at 6 a.m. and leave at 9 p.m. and you're all this stuff. It's who are you as an individual? What are you bringing day in and day out when you walk in the office, when you walk in the gym? Are you a positive person or are you somebody who's just like, oh, here we go again, work on yeah. zone. Energy, va- energy vampire. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So <laughs> right. That's how I'd answer that. Yeah. No, that's, that's big time, man. That's perfect. That, that's, yeah. that, that's, uh, that's what we call uh, logo over the ego. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Play for the, the, the name on front of the jersey before you play for the name on the back. There you uh, go. There you go. Uh, Great stuff, man. Well, anybody have any final comments before we wrap her up? Well, Mike, I just want to say thank you, brother. Um, this has been not, I, I, I knew this would be fun. I knew it would be both, you know, educational and, and, uh, and 
uh, it's going to challenge some coaches that listen to this to help them maybe think a little bit different. But uh, more than anything, man, uh, like I said, we've had some great journeys together. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, when you cut down nets together, you're bonded for life. I always believe that. So, um, a lot of nets, a major. A lot yeah, of no, a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them, thankfully. Yeah. So, yeah. but just uh, appreciate you, man. You're one of the best. Back at and, you. Um, I hope to duck my head in over there at some point and uh, see you in person. Come anytime. I got peanut butter jelly sandwiches. <laughs> I'll bring the I'll bring it's, the chocolate milk, man. That's all I need to chase that. That's down. a heck of a. That's a, a heck of a way to pull it. Doug, you're welcome too. That's a power, yes, sir. That's a power snack right there, man. PB and J and chocolate milk. You can't beat it. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's been my pleasure. I appreciate you asking to do, for me to do this, and it's just it's wonderful. You know what you guys are doing is fantastic and great, and you're meeting a need, um, which is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it just and, it's it's awesome to be a part of it. I really appreciate it, and getting a chance to see you is is great too. Even on a computer, it's great. <laughs> oh, no, for sure, for sure. We appreciate you too, brother. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. Um, you know, sharing everything. And again, we have Alan Major, Doug Caputo signing off here. Keep working, keep rising, coaches. Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one selling shooting machine in basketball by providing the most innovative game-like training, on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics that allow coaches and players to be better every day. Everybody's trying to get better every day, right? Why not use Dr. Dish Basketball? All you have to do is mention the Rising Coaches Podcast or you're a member of the Rising Coaches Organization for an exclusive discount on your own personal Dr. Dish. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.